What's up? What's up? What's up? Podcast World Chat building back at you. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. We've been having a lot of excitement around some of our themes, and one of those themes is music, our taste in music. It's a little bit different, but it's the right taste. And I would never say, like, you got to listen to me. I'm not going to get on a soapbox and say, you got to listen to this person. I'm just telling you, give things a chance. If you don't like hunting, you don't like living off the land, give it a chance. Be educated before you go drop that ballot and say that you're an anti. If you love country music, give it all a chance because there's so much of it out there that I want to be heard by the masses the masses deserve to hear it today's episode of this life ain't for everybody is brought to you by my man ward gunther in nashville tennessee whiskey jam monday nights venues concerts in chicago concerts in las vegas but it's a staple in nashville if you want to see some of the best up and coming talent there is i love what whiskey's jams culture is i love what their message is they're doing a heck of a job of getting the artist getting the music getting the story getting the song getting the lyric out to us so check it out if you're in Nashville, if you're in Midtown on a Monday night, go over to Winners and get in that bar and get a place and listen to somebody. You just might see the next Luke Combs. And I like Luke, and he's one of the guys on the radio that I do appreciate these days. I'm not saying I appreciate them all. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with any of them to each their own. And like my good friend Brent Cobb once told me and educated me on, country music is going to do what country music is going to do, and I ain't going to try to fight it. But my guest today is the man. He comes out of that same thought process, that same school, that same upbringing. That's, I get, when he told me what state he's from, I was like, man, this could be Chris Knight right here I'm talking to. And y'all have heard me and Brent Cobb talk about Chris Knight. I could listen to Chris Knight records all day, and I could listen to this man's songs and records and his lyric all day. This dude is as real as real can get. Kyle Daniel, how the heck are you, my brother? Man, I'm great. How are you, dude? I'm loving life. I'm uh, just kind of, you know, I'm staying away from the... Uh, the everyday quarantine conversation because it always is like you could just read a script almost. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic, stay positive, find influence in it, time with my daughter, uh, just concentrating and staying in my lane and getting work done. How about you? Man, same. You know, I think that uh, staying positive nowadays is is definitely that's uh, the the number one thing on my priority list is to keep my head up and keep going because it's so easy to just wake up and turn your phone on or, you know, check your social media and and get down in the dumps about it. So I've I've kind of I, I keep calling myself Bob Vila Jr. I'm I'm more like a, a an amateur Tim the Tool Man, but I've been I've been out back, <laughs> you know, on the deck sanding and pressure washing and staining and sealing the the deck. So I've, I've been I've been trying to do all kinds of stuff around the house that I you know don't get to do normally. Yeah, me too. And I think it's I think a lot of stuff with my daughter, wild game, a lot of home ec stuff, a lot of physical education and. And just, it's amazing. I was talking to somebody yesterday about this is what we should be doing. You know, we get in the hustle and bustle and we got writer rounds or you got song, you got, you got songwriting deals. You got demos, you got studio time, you got travels, you got family, you got baseball games, you got dance or so. And then you slow down and all of it's taken away and you're like, man, it's okay. We don't have right. to rush around as much as we once were. It's okay to miss a little league practice to go and ride a horse or go, go up on an UTV ride and see the mountains. You know, it's okay. Just chill out for a minute. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that we all kind of start to see the things that are most important in our lives. Um, and I think that that's one of the most positive things that we can all take out of it. Hey, I got, I have to, one of the things I read up on you is that, you know, Jason Isbell, I don't know how well, you know, him. I know that you've been around him. I know that you've been on a venue with him. What did he do lately that I saw at the, was it at the Ryman or somewhere where he just stood out with the curtain closed and did something? I, I didn't get any details. Did you see anything that he's done lately? 
I have not. No, I have not. We, uh, I was, my college band played with him, uh, quite a few times, uh, in and around Murfreesboro. And, uh, I think we did a couple shows in Alabama with him. So he's pretty strong. Oh man. As, as strong as, as strong as strong can get right, right now. You know, he's, uh, he's a definite, uh, songbird of our generation. Yeah. He's a hammer, man. He's coming here in concert in a cut co- and I hope they happen. I don't know what's going to happen. The concert's coming up, but yeah, I like him. He's got a good, he's got a good voice, but man, you, you have a, um, I don't know how to describe your songwriting and I don't know if you could give me a synopsis of what matters to you. You say optimism matters to you. You say positivity, but you could write a good breakup song in a, in a song that'll hit you in your ass and make you go, man, you know, that'll get to your heart right there. What is your, what would your thesis be if you were writing a songwriting thesis your senior year at University of Kentucky? What would it be? Is it is it so unorthodox that you couldn't explain it, or do you have a general the- thesis and purpose? No, I think that uh, my my main purpose is to to create and and make an impact. You know that to to be empathetic to to relate to people and and be able to express myself in ways that I don't normally do in day-to-day life through, through song. Um, and I often find that it's a lot easier for me to do that than it is to, uh, get real in person. Cause there's a lot of touchy things that, that happen, you know, that you, you have friends that struggle with addictions or, um, you know, breakups or just everyday human things. Um, uh, I think it's often, it it's, it's often easy to kind of step back and not approach those situations the way that, that you would if there was no filter. Um, so I feel like for me, songwriting is kind of that no filter zone where I, I try to cut as deep as I can into the, the idea and, and dissect the process. You know, I think my songs come from a million different ways. I could be a guitar part or it could be a, a title or a feeling or, you know, just an overall idea. I think that they come in many forms and shapes and, and I just try to try to guide my myself with alongside the the song as, as they come to me. And, and I really, I feel like thus far that's, that's been the one thing that has, has helped me uh, concentrate on that bullseye of songwriting, not to just write, kind of stream of consciousness all over the board to, to have a real purpose for, for what I'm trying to write and go after it. You know? So let's, let's take a lyric, like the, this, the title, you mentioned title or a guitar or something. And I love what you're saying in that, because like when I read a title of a song that says born to lose, and I love this song, right? Like I could listen to this song every day. Like I told, you've heard me tell your good friend, Brent Cobb, like I won't go to bed without listening to a Brent Cobb song. I'm the same way with Kyle Daniel. I've gotten to be that way with Paul McDaniel. I've gotten to be that way with Adam Hood, Channing Wilson. I could keep naming them. There's there, these guys that touch me. These girls touch me. Okay. Um, born to lose is you read that title and automatically you think Kyle's in a bad place when he wrote it. He can't get anywhere in life. No matter what door he opens, it closes, no matter what window he opens, the air won't hit his face. Like all of these things go to my head. Like, are you really a loser or what are you trying to tell somebody by just that title born to lose? Because if you go back to your greatest, my favorite rock band of all time is guns and roses. Well, when I read a lyric like locomotive, I go, Oh, this 
is about a train. And then you read, then you hear the song and you're like, first off, this is genius. And second off, it's not about what I thought it was going to be about. And you're just told, it's like, what is that concept of a title? And then, and then somewhere lyrically, it takes you to a direction to where do you write the lyric first and then come up with the name? Or do you have to come up with a name like born to lose and then write around that concept? Because I don't get kind of how you would come up with that title and then get a song to come out the way you did. Does that make yeah, sense to you how I asked that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, th that song in particular came from a title. Um, and I have a running list on my phone that, of, of notes and, you know, little things that I may hear someone say, or I may just randomly think of when I'm out for a walk with the dog or what have you, you know, I just constantly am writing down either emotions or concepts or titles or something to, to kind of go back to at a later date and say, okay, you know, when you show up in the writer room with somebody like Brent Cobb, you don't show up empty handed like you you show up with some good concepts, with some good titles or a piece of something that you've already started. And uh, and I and I kind of had to learn that the hard way in Nashville because I've only been writing here for the past two years. Hardcore. Uh, I, and I've been here for over a decade, but it for me, it. You know, I really dug in the past couple of years and and I would show up to these rights with some of these dudes that that I didn't really even belong in the same room at the time with those dudes with, you know, the level of talent that they were. But if you don't go in with something that you feel strong about or something that, you know, uh, you can bring in to contribute to the right, they're not going to give you their best ideas anyway. So you kind of have to you have to come to the, the table prepared and, and have your ducks in a row. So when you be in at your level and you really digging in, but then you make a statement like I'm not going to show up in a, in a BC or a Brent Cobb, right. Without my ducks in a row. What do you see at your talent level? Because I'm just a dude that I don't write songs. I call ducks. But then when I hear a Brent Cobb song, I'm like, that's my life. You being the professional that you are, and you are on that level of being able to get invited in a room with a guy like Brent Cobb. What do you see in him? What What is the inspiration? Why would you ever say those words like you have to be prepared? He's on a different level. He's what makes Brent Cobb make Kyle Daniel say that? He's just man. He he has got a knack for the English language. He 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 puts words together and, and forms these um, intricate, detailed pieces of furniture in the room. Um, I, I, as far as storytelling is concerned, he's about as down home and real as you can possibly get. Um, he's not a lot of fluff. He's not one of these guys that's using a ton of bang words. He's not, he's not hitting the millennial chant, you know, in, in his choruses and stuff like that. He's really, he's playing as if he were born in a completely different generation. You know, the, the late sixties, early seventies, just, Man, when music felt differently, when it when it sounded differently and looked differently, um, Brent really comes from that honest, like I said, good old boy place where you you want to you want to know him based on his songwriting ability, you know, and his artistry. And um, he just man, he's one of those guys that I've looked up to ever since I started doing this because of of his ability to craft a song and so you definitely you don't want to waste his time and you definitely don't want to waste that right going in without at least a few different ideas and avenues to go down so is it kosher for you to talk about 
like one of your experiences with him of what came out of it and was, you know, the idea that you had and the reaction, because I could see that like, Oh, I got an idea for a song. And then you go in there and they're just like, ah, you know, um, yeah. Um, and they don't know really how to tell you kind of like, Oh, we we've had that idea or that's already been done. But when you talk about the wordsmithing and like a, a, a lyric comes to mind that you've heard, I've heard is in morning's going to come when he describes that single wide trailer and the cheetah, the, the cheetah print sheets and the, the bed's real cozy. And, and you know, all of that is like, dude, I've lived that. Like I've been in that trailer park kind of deal. Do you go into it intimidated Kyle? Or do you go in like not flexing, but more like, dude, I, I I'm ready for this. And when you did it, what was the reaction? Give me an instance. Or if you can, what did happen in an instant like that? Well, I kind of backtrack because Brent and I met each other initially, um, back in the, I guess early two thousands would have been like maybe 2006. Um, I was going to MTSU for music business and I was running around with people like Anderson East and Jeffrey Jocelyn. And, uh, I had a group of my own called the last straw and Brent was around and Aaron Ratier, who's a monster songwriter as well, was in that kind of crew of, of dudes. And so we ran around in the same circles. We didn't hang out a whole lot. Um, one thing led to another, his career went one way, we went the other. And, and so, um, I remember when I dug into to writing a couple of years ago, uh, Ben Ratliff was like, man, let, let me, let me, I know it's going to take a while because he's really booked up, but let me try to get you a write with, with Brent. I thought, man, oh, good Lord. That's, you know, that's like saying, hey, here you go, dude. Like, here's, here's the, here's the free ticket, you know, like go, go write the hit, you know? And so I was super excited about it and I think it got pushed back and, it probably t took about eight months for us to finally get in the room together. But the one song that came out of that time that we, we got together was Ain't No Difference, uh, which was on my very first record. And it's amazing. Just so you know, that freaking mm -hmm. song, go. Thank you. Uh, and, and a fairly fitting song for right now, you know, um, all things considered. And uh, well, I got in the room and I, and I remember his manager was around the office at the time. So he kind of came in and yeah, there was an intimidation for sure. You know, there, there's his manager and here's Brent Cobb himself, you know, like, although we knew each other and we were acquaintances, there's still a level of intimidation because the dude is, like I said, he's on a, he's on another level. Um, he's not to say that, that it diminishes what I do, but it definitely makes me dig deeper into my thought process. Um, I, I definitely looked at that situation as a growing opportunity to kind of look at how he crafted the song and how he took it from A to Z. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was really good. He brought that in. He brought that idea for uh, Ain't No Difference in. And we just started kind of whittling away at it. And about an hour and a half later, we came out with it. And I was super proud of it. And when you say super proud, what's your reaction when you lay it down? What what kind of feelings go through a songwriter's mind emotionally, psychologically, physically? What when you write a song like that, that hits you that hard and you know, damn well, it's going to hit somebody else hard when they hear it, which is my reasoning in saying that this music needs to be all on the radio every day, like a hundred times a day, because this is life. This is true music to me. What goes through your body when you hear it laid down, when you hear his part, when do you guys look at each other and go, we're done, we got it. 
talk to me about all of the different emotions that roll through your body physically. Emo- like, like I said, there's a sense of pride in it for sure. When you, when you get that take, you know, when you, when you finally have it all laid out and you're, you're able to get as close to the pulse of that emotion as possible. I think that's the most satisfying part of it is to, as a musician, you know, we think on, especially as a songwriter, we think on a lyrical level, but we also think on a, an arrangement and a musical level as well. And what is going to create that tension or create um, a, a musical marriage between the feeling and emotion of the music and the lyric. And when you can, when you can get close to it, man, there's, there's no other high like it. It's, it's really, it's, it's an awesome feeling to, to get that close. So when you talk about that feeling and I'm, I'm trying to get you to talk about other music because I don't know you that well. And sometimes when I come across, um, on a, on a, on a conversation like this in a podcast format is, do you really want to talk about Kyle Daniel? I've talked to MMA fighters that don't want to talk about their fights, but they'll talk about other fighters like Forrest Griffin. The other day is like, don't talk about my fights. Cause it's just gonna, he goes, don't make me mad. I don't want to think about my fights. And mm. I don't know if, if, if some, some songwriters are like that too. Well, they steer away from it. Like, no, I'm good about my music, but I got no problem. So I'm trying to, I'm filling you out a little bit and getting a feel of like, of, of the common ground or the common thread that we share with some people is you said, okay, well you have the lyric, but can't, what does it sound like in voice? What does it sound like in the composition? What does the music sound like? What does the chord progression sound like when you think about, I'm staying on Brent Cobb because he's a, he's a constant in my life. He's a constant in your life. And our audience knows him. So I'm trying to give them an idea of who you are through his music. And then once you sing, they're going to be like, Oh, this son of a bitch has got it. Like this dude has got it. (laughs) So that's kind of the way that my mind thinks. And I hope that you understand that, that I, your admiration for him shows me that you and I kind of think along the same lines. Like when I hear that song, ain't no difference. I'm like, this is genius. And this is like uh, the song that I want me, that I want my kids listening to, that I want my friends listening to. This is my backyard song. This is what we're going to be jamming to. Right. But you as a person, when you hear Brent Cobb sing it, or when you hear, let's take, for example, his new track, his new, the world is ending. When you hear it, you're like Quentin Tarantino movie. I got to listen to it again. Rewind. Oh shit. I got something else out of it. Quentin Tarantino movie part three, Pulp Fiction. You can't get it in five turns, right? Every time you watch Pulp Fiction, you're like, what? I didn't see that the first time. And then when you listen to a Brent Cobb song, you're like, what? He's got a gun now. Wait, he's shooting stars with, is there really a gun in the room? So I ask him that, is there a gun in the room when you're right? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Do you feel, do you feel that when you hear his voice, can Brent sing? Can he deliver a song in a way that makes Kyle Daniel go, Oh my gosh. Like that's like John Lennon met, met this guy and like I, I it's hard to compare i heard adam hood call him the southern nora jones the male version of nora jones of the south mm. and yeah. so like what is what does he do what does the voice do how do you see his voice and his delivery in coordination with his lyric man he's so smooth i think that's the he just so cool with his delivery um and 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 I don't really know as far as tonally who who he would like remind me of, um, but he definitely has that kind of James Taylorish feel to to what he does. Um, I know he was talking about Guy Clark and and stuff like that on the podcast, and um, I, I don't. I'm not one to necessarily try to compare people to other people. 
Um, although we all do it because that's the easiest way to kind of draw a line between two dots. And, um, but yeah, man, his delivery is just so cool. He's so suave, like, you know, just kind of like, uh, Billy Gibbons is really cool as a guitar player. He's real smooth. Like, you know, Brent Cobb is that in, in the Americana world and in that kind of real life country music, not pop country world. So with that, with that being said about songwriting and delivery, when you get in the room, do you start to transition into the Kyle Daniel you are now, or have you stuck? Is it the same as you were with the college band and you were going around when you first heard of Brent Cobb, or do you evolve as an artist when you get around inspiration? I'm not saying that you want to be that guy because you're nowhere near that, that same, um, that same, uh, like Brent Cobb and you are on the same level to me, but you are not Brent Cobb and Brent Cobb is not you. So I'm not trying to say like you would ever copy a style, but do you find yourself like taking a little bit and being a melting pot and being like, all right, I got to work on this or, and then you, and then you, you, you apply that to what your portfolio is. Well, going back to kind of the last straw stuff, man, I, as far as a, I'm a completely different human being. I, as far as that, I, I was a terrible person back then you know I, I just it was for me back then I was in college I was young I was dumb I was you know probably doing a bunch of shit that I shouldn't be doing and um, and it wasn't really focused on the music it was all the the I guess the whether it was five inches or five feet of of difference in between the the crowd and the stage you know there was some sort of like weird ego thing that I that I definitely um, took advantage of. And, and as I've grown older, I feel like there's my priorities have changed. My views and in, in the way that I look at the world have changed. And, and I feel like it's, uh, I've kind of grown into this, this different person, you know, I don't, I don't even think as far as, as far as that's concerned, I don't even think they're t- the two in the same, one in the same, rather they're, um, uh, they're completely different human beings. So for me, it's, uh, I, I think for me, I'm I'm more apt to um, write a song, trash it, come back to it, and and really want to like get it right nowadays. When when back then I was I was more concentrated on like, man, how cool does the music sound? How can we make people dance? And how is, how can we throw a party? You know, it, it was all about the party back then. I think that's probably the shortest way to talk about it nowadays. <laughs> It's, it's a lot different. Well, I think nowadays you have a different responsibility, Kyle, because now you're speaking to people that aren't interested in dancing at a Kentucky party with their friends. They're more interested in life and the experience and the emotional part of it. And right. I think that's why when I hear your music, I'm like, I don't care where I have to drive to, I'm going to watch this dude because of what he makes me feel like. And that's a big responsibility. I think that that's what music is intended to do. And I think that a lot, I know that people are, Brent Cobb would probably get mad at me for saying this and you might too. I think that country music radio has gotten away from that culture and that pisses me off. And I get so not offended, but I get so like, 
dude, my dad is rolling over in his grave, and so is Waylon, by the way. And Merle hasn't been in his that long, but he is too. And it's a shame because there is a reason why country music does to people what it does. And I think that it's gotten away from that. And I think that people like Chris and what he did and Miranda continues to try to do, I think we do have some good voices there. And I'm not saying that any of them are bad voices. I'm simply saying that the lyric is not put first. The emotion is not put first anymore. And it's about that tailgate and that party and that music and that fast car and that county fist fight and all the cliche stuff. And when I, what I want, I want to be affected. I want to go to bed and wake up going, man, that song just made me a better person. I am going to work on my, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what is, that's what the music that you write does to a 45 year old man in Reno, Nevada. So now these days, you have a different responsibility and so does Brent and so does Chad. even though you guys can say I just write my music for myself this is me the responsibility is there because now you're you're getting introduced to all these people that are taking your music as gospel now like that's the that's how I live my life that is me right there when I hear the world is ending I have done that I have looked at life that way and that's a big responsibility and that's what the lyric does that's what the chord progression is meant to do that's what the suave and the smoothness of the chicken dance that Brent will do on stage once in a while that's what makes you think oh my god that dude is delivering my life's message right now and that might sound dramatic but music is dramatic man it's supposed to make you go through all of these ups and downs and that's why when you hear a a, a title like born to lose you're like dude that song just made me feel like i can never do that i'm not gonna lose and and that's how i get that's what i get out of it when i hear ain't no difference i'm like wow first off how do you come up with it because i can't do that and everybody brent's like anybody could write a song, but I'm like, you're an idiot for saying that. And I'm, I know that he's so smart, right? He's like, ah, I don't even barely have a high school diploma. I went to one, all this stuff. I'm like, well, you got a lot of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Kyle, oh, yeah. like, like oh, yeah. not everybody can deliver a lyric this way that you guys are doing. So my point in saying all of that was to get to this. You have a different responsibility these days because now you can't back up Ain't No Difference with a tailgate party song and have me go, oh, yeah, that's the same Kyle Daniel. It's a big responsibility as a songwriter is my is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. And well, and there's got to be a common thread through it all, you know, that you kind of have to once you lay the the seeds in the dirt, you know, you you can't. uh, I'm not going to say that you have to like put yourself in a box and stay in one lane, but it's all got to be around the same thing. You know, it's got to be, it's got to feel authentic. It's got to feel real because it, it needs to be real. And I think that that's the difference between what's happening with this kind of Southern revival of, of dudes, you know, Brent, obviously, um, you know, guys like Lucas Nelson, um, oh. Blackberry smoke, you know, um, those kind of cats, Marcus King, uh, that are bringing this real life, real honest musicians that have honed their craft, playing their instrument, not hitting the space bar on a computer. Um, you're seeing that's the biggest difference that these guys are talking about reality, whereas a lot of the stuff that um, that's getting pumped out and and not to trash talk it. I mean, it is what it is. It's the music business for a reason. There's no. Uh, doubt about that and uh what is getting pumped through the system is not always going to be the most real shit it is oftentimes going to be what the 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 head honcho in charge feels like is going to sell or people are but but that is but my question to you kyle daniel is that head honcho that's pushing that button 
which I call cubicle country. Uh, you've heard me say that, I'm sure, on a podcast where I just see all these robots and these cubicles just pumping out these songs, right? right. That's not songwriting. That's no. not songwriting. Is it an 18-year-old girl that's buying merchandise and her first sneaking her first beer at a country concert that they're going after? Who are they going after with this with this selection that we hear on country music? Why do I have to go to prime country to hear a Travis Tritt song that was written the way a country song is supposed to be written? Why do I have to go to prime country? It's country radio for a reason. What what is that button being pushed? Who is it intended to be pushed for in your opinion? I think it is the younger generation. I think it's it's the 18 to 28 demographic, realistically. Um, and I guess it depends on how young at heart you think you are. Um, but they, that's definitely, I feel like they, because when you show up at a, at a major country music festival, I played with Claire Dunn and Casey James for a couple of years and, and played every major country music festival in the United States. And you, that's what you see is 18 to 28. That is a pretty prime demographic. It's, you know, younger, younger kids um, that that want to throw down. They love to party. So it's instead of Bonnaroo, you know, when I was when I was in high school, it was like that was cool to be a hippie and have long hair and wear tie dye T-shirts and listen to, you know, widespread panic and the Allman Brothers and, and the Grateful Dead and all that kind of stuff. And so that was cool then. And then it kind of turned to the electronic techno EDM thing for a little while. And, you know, now country over the past decade or two has, has really kind of blown up as this mainstream party atmosphere type of thing. So I think that's, they're trying to appeal to that, that demographic. So can there ever be a transition into what, and get back to what country once was? Because when I hear a Merle song and the genius and this lyric of, of those, can we get back to putting the lyric out front and putting that back into the mainstream? Do you think that this movement that we, that, you know, Brent said, Chad, it's guys like you that can make, I don't know if I'm on a movement, but obviously we have a voice in it in some matter of, a, uh, in some way or another, but can we get back there, Kyle? Can we get the lyric out front again and, and the true validity of what, and, and the transparency of a lyric in the song? Absolutely. And, and he's exactly right. I mean, it's dudes like yourself and it's dudes like him as well. Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, you know, Chris Stapleton has kind of has crossed over from the, the, the real revival, real music revival to the mainstream uh, country music world, but it is still writing that real stuff. And I think that he was the one that kind of opened the gates recently, most recently for that three chords in the truth mentality where it's not, it doesn't have to be an 808 drop, you know, some sort of crazy cover of fat bottom girls live that turns into a, you know, 14 minute montage. It's real music. I think that it's already finding its way that you have stuff like outlaw country music, uh, for a reason that there's going to be two lanes that you're going to have commercial country music, which is going to be the popular stuff. And then you're going to have that kind of Southern, Southern rock outlaw roadhouse, Americana country world. Makes total sense. And when you listen to a Blackberry album and you hear Charlie do what he does and the way that they write a song, do you do you look at that as the uh, the gospel of like of 
what music is right now as far as a, a band and and or do you look at that as this like that's going to always have to stay in its lane can blackberry get more mainstream because they first of all their musicianship is unparalleled in a lot of instances they are awesome right they're like I, Derek trucks and susan tedeschi i feel like are on a different level which they are for I, sure you know oh, and, and when she sings a song like, you know, like Mr. Prine, he just passed. But when she sings Angel from Montgomery, and I love Bonnie Raitt, but when Susan does it, I'm just like blown out of the water, right? Right. But they're not mainstream. I guess my whole idea about it is, is like, do, are they only, are is there a settlement going on within that mindset of a Blackberry, of a Tedeschi Trucks, of a Kyle Daniel, of a Brent Cobb? When Brent Cobb says stuff like it's going to do what it's going to do when he refers to country music, is there a settlement or a settling mentality of, hey... We, it is what it is. We're never going to get out of this box. We're always not. We're not going to be the commercialized people that are going to be showcased and promoted. And people are going to have to fight to find us kind of kind of ordeal because you can't go on to most country music platforms and find a Kyle Daniel track unless you search it. Now that's part of life in searching it, but can it ever get easier than that for the listener to be choked or, or to be permeated with that sound? Is that make, does that question make sense? Yeah, I think uh, And I, you said something about staying in your own lane, you know, there, first off, I love blackberry smoke. I think those dudes are great. Um, Paul and I have been, have been buddies for, a few years now and, and text back and forth randomly. And we just did the Southern rock cruise with them last year. And uh, as a matter of fact, we're supposed to be playing with them in August, but I, I, I have a good feeling that's not, uh, not going to go down any longer, but all this to say those dudes, uh, there's one blackberry smoke. There's one government mule. There's one almond brothers band. There's one Tedeschi trucks band. Um, and I think that that's the, the really, beautiful thing about it is that they're all their own thing. And, and, and if I wouldn't necessarily say that Blackberry is, um, is the gospel of Southern rock and roll right now, those dudes are great. Uh, I don't take what they're doing as, as necessarily the gospel because I'm a huge Almond Brothers fan, just like those dudes were. And, um, as far as, as far as Southern rock and roll is concerned, I think Greg Allman wrote that Southern rock and roll Bible uh, just for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's who I would say would kind of be the the pioneers of Southern rock and roll. And do you think that it will be more mainstream or do you think it's always going to have to stay in its lane? Because I think that there's a lot of music on country radio that was never intended to be country. It was not country in its roots. It was R&B. It was pop. It was even rock. There's rock guys on there that wanted to be rockers that saw country music being popular, in my opinion, and they became commercial, commercially accepted in it because and when they couldn't make it in the rock, per se, maybe. I'm guessing on that. I'm not saying that for sure. Right. But when somebody like Florida Georgia Line that were rappers and hip-hop-ish and they got stomach tattoos and all of this stuff going on... And then they're going to come into this space and try to trick people that their country I'm talking, this isn't your opinion. This is mine. Okay. So you don't have to back me up. I'm simply saying this on my podcast. They're not country. You can tell me until you're blue in the face that those kids are, that those guys are country and they're not country. I promise you that a million times. Well, why is it because we have Nelly? No, Nelly's more country than you guys. He grew up in the, in the out, out banks of St. Louis. He's probably eating more country meals than you have. I'm not degrading them. I'm not saying that their music's not trendy. I'm just simply saying that's not 
country music. Now, Scott Bruschetta could tell me until I'm blue in the face. Yes, they are country music. And I'd say, Mr. Bruschetta, I respect what you've done with Big Machine, but those guys are nowhere near country music and they should not be on country music radio. That's the problem here, in my opinion, Kyle, is that it's not country music, but you're tricking people and thinking it is by calling it country music radio. That's the underlying theme of my problem right now is that everybody can stay in their lane. And I can go find Outlaw Country and listen to Shooter Jennings all day long in the electric rodeo. I love it. But... Country music radio, the highway is not country. All of it, it's not. And that's that's what I'm trying to get across to you is that my whole thing is like, that's that's just wool being pulled over people's eyes. That's not country. It's just commercialized bullshit that if you think that's country, you're wrong. Now, if you want to go dance to it over here, do it. I'll, mm. I'll dance to a Florida, or what do they call them now? FLG. I'll dance to a FLG tune and be at a party with the solo red cup and drinking a little whiskey out of it. No problem. But don't tell me it's country. Right. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. And I think that it, at the end of the day, it all boils down to the song because it, if you, if you kind of look back, you know, look at chicken fried Zach Brown, you know, I saw Zach Brown at Bonnaroo in 2003 playing like they were a jam band, you know, and then all of a sudden here comes chicken fried and now they're on country radio. You could look back even further because I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm from right around where the Kentucky Headhunters were from. And uh, Greg Martin, the, the guitar player, taught me how to play guitar growing up. And they they didn't think that they were country at all. They thought they were a rock and roll band until Dumas Walker hit country radio and exploded. And it changed their entire career. But... They have one Dumas Walker. That's not exactly what they sound like all the time. So, you know, as far as staying in your lane and and it kind of being, there being a separation between country music and this, you know, we'll call it this underground following, if you must, because people like Government Mule and Tedeschi Trucks and, and Brent and Lucas Nelson, if you don't know they're tough to find like you said you got to kind of do your research to like go in and find them or hit spot or uh shazam and 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 try to figure out who somebody is but um i really think that it's um i think that it boils down to the song because at any given moment brent could have a song that could flip him over into country music stardom and a major record label put thousands of dollars behind the marketing of him in this song and it's game over I think that that's the, that's the difference. You know? So wait a minute. Is my argument wrong then, Kyle? And I don't mean to interrupt you, but am I wrong in a way? Because what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that maybe I'm wrong to have that thought process that maybe you don't care to be country or labeled as country. Maybe I'm trying to label you in Channing and Brent Cobb country when you guys don't maybe the Kentucky headhunters were being labeled country when they really didn't give a shit to be labeled country. Maybe I'm the one that's looking at it through tainted glasses right now of being, well, maybe Florida Georgia line really is country. And I'm missing nah. the boat that these guys, nah. that these guys, maybe you don't want to be country music. I don't know. Nashville's supposed to be country music, which I know that a lot of Kings of Leon and there's a lot of different mixture and melting pot of music and vibe in the city now. Mm. But may, am I wrong to think that, that I'm trying to label you guys country when you're really not? No, I mean, I think that there's different colors in the, in the country wheelhouse these days that you've got that, like I said, that roadhouse kind of country blues country thing. You've got, 
dudes that are more of that folk Americana country. You like that, you know, there's your Brents and your Jason Isbels and uh then you got good old Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky boys like Stapleton and Sturgill and Tyler and and I think that there's so many different threads of country music. Some people would probably call what Blackberry Smoke is doing country music. They're kind of that southern rock world of of country. Um but yeah, man, no, I don't think you're wrong in your assessment whatsoever because I, I don't think Florida Georgia Line is uh is country either. I definitely think that those guys are are pop. Um their music is pop, their show is pop, their content's pop. It it's all pop music. Uh it's just not played on pop radio. It's played on country radio. And that's because, where that's where the issue is with me, is that right. It's marketing. It's all marketing. They could take anybody and say, Oh, we're gonna put a pair of Wranglers on this dude and a Stetson hat and make him look like Clint Black. And that's that. You put enough money behind something, you can make people. Isn't believe that it. isn't that crazy though? Like, well, you know, it's funny because the, the one of our biggest stars ever that was labeled country music just passed Kenny Rogers. And when you learn about Kenny and his upbringing in the music industry, it's it kind of went the same way to where did Kenny grow up country? Maybe did his was his first band the 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 edition. Uh, I have that wrong. What was it called? The final edition? It was it wasn't new edition. That was an R and B band, but it was something edition if I remember right. Um, but he they tr- they were more trying to make mainstream, and then the the lady song came out, and 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 they went country. They just became bigger and bigger. And then the story of how the gambler came about, how Johnny Cash cut it and it didn't make it, and then Kenny cut it and it blows up, and then they make the short movie about him. And I and I and I learned a lot of that through documentary and reading up on Kenny Rogers. But I was a Kenny Rogers huge fan my whole life. And Kenny Rogers was country, but was he country or was he manufactured country because they grabbed him and said, well, if this one hits and then all of a sudden he's selling out arenas everywhere and buying mansions and he had three jets at one time and he was, he's worth like a quarter of a billion. I don't even know how much money he's worth now when he passed, I think a quarter of a billion they said, but was he country? I don't know now, but on the cover of the freaking, you just said you put a cowboy hat on, make him look like Clint Black. Well, did there is Clint, is that fake? Because when you look on the cover of the album called The Gambler, he looks country. He looks Western. He looks cowboyish. So I always yeah. thought he was country. Is right. he country? I don't know. That's right, a good right. question for Willie Nelson. Is Willie Nelson country? He's got the hippie side of him. He's got the marijuana side of him. He's right. but when you but when you but you listen if before my dad passed, who's your favorite country music artist? He'd say Merle and Willie. So I, I, you know what I'm asking is Kenny Rogers really country or was he manufactured country? And is that what they're doing with Florida Georgia line? Cause he's way more country than they are, but are they oh, both yeah. in that same boat of manufactured country? I think it's a sign of the times as well. You know, we, we've, we've kind of, we've definitely come a long way since the sixties and seventies when, when these guys started really kicking up in, in what we would call country music. Um, and nowadays with, with the way that technology has progressed and, you know, you've got a lot of the, the drummers that are all playing these major music festivals. And, and, and I bring those up because the major music festivals are fueled by country radio and the country radio is fueled by the major record labels that are pushing them the, the content. So it's, you know, it starts with the major record label, then it gets to radio. And then from radio, then you've got all these promoters that are, that are doing these massive music festivals and you show up and, and from four o'clock until the, the night is over on any given day, 
I would almost venture to say that every single person, act, band, what have you, will have an SKB pad and a computer sitting back there running tracks. That, to me, is not country music. But it, in 2020, that's country music. You talk about a dirt road. You talk about a dirt road and, and, a, and a pickup truck and, you know, it just man, no. Keep going. You're, you're talking my language right now. Keep <laughs> it. Uh, this I, is what I've. This is what I've been trying to tell people for five or ten years, dude. Right. It's not right, right. country. That's well, not country. You can smell it on a lot of this stuff too. I, and and maybe I think that that's where I get so frustrated with a lot of it. Is like it's like how are these people getting fooled by this, thinking that this is, you know, that that this is real shit. <laughs> Once again, this, it's, would, it's like my dream that one day I wake up and I and I think Garth Brooks is country. I think Garth Brooks is awesome. I think Garth Brooks has been great for country music. I think Garth Brooks is a good human being. My my dream is I wake up and I and I open up my my newspaper or my laptop and I go and I see John or Garth Brooks, Brent Cobb, Kyle Daniel, Channing Wilson will all join. Adam Hood will all be on Garth's tour this year. He wow. will bring all of these guys up on stage and tell the audience of. I think it was something like 7.7 million tickets. I don't remember how many he sold in his last tour. It is amazing in number. And he goes, this is country. Because with a voice like that, knowing that country music is in the state of it is with the drum pads and all of these mixers and the things that you're talking about and the steel guitar and the live at essence of it is and, and being able to sit there and watch a... Man, I, I just think back to like the late 90s, like a Tracy Lawrence concert. I could stand there and before Tracy went through what he did, I'd be like... That's freaking country. And then Chestnut would get up there and I'd be like, that's country. There was something different about that. There was, that was like the golden air for me of my age group of real country. And now I'm in this new life, this new essence. Like where did Travis go? Well, he's making a new album. Well, who's he writing with? Oh, I wonder why. And I'm not going to let out of the bag who Travis is writing with lately, but there's a freaking reason why he's writing with who he's writing with lately. And then I go, now I'm in this new stage of my life, right? I'm 45. I'm not old. I'm not young. I'm not midlife yet. I don't even consider that. I feel great. Right. But now I'm, now I'm introduced to this whole new level of country music again, where it went through this down period for me, where I'm just like, what is country music radio doing? If I hear another song about a cornfield with a hot chick on a tailgate, I'm going to lose my freaking mind because that's not country to me. Now, some will argue that that is country. That's what happens in the country. Very, very seldomly does that happen. And now I got you and I got Brent and I got Channing. I got all these guys that I truly believe in. And I, and as soon as I got introduced to your music, I'm just like fucking awesome, man. Perfect. I got one. I got another one. This is, we're building our radio station here, man. We're building our concert for Garth Brooks to take Kyle and Brent and all these guys and, and give him his validation. Like, Hey, country music, America, everybody that's out there in the Pittsburgh Steelers stadium that watches me, like I sold it out, I don't know, 17 nights in a row. So now I get to bring Kyle on stage 17 nights. Like what he just did with John party. John is commercialized now, but John's country and John can sing a country song like George Strait can. And John can deliver it. Now, is he being commercialized? Heck yeah. Yeah, he's going to make some money and he deserves it. But he would be the same guy that got up there with Garth and went, hey, this is my buddy Brent Cobb. This is my buddy Leith Lawton. And this is the this is country music. And that's what I'm dreaming is going to happen is that there's going to be some validity put in it by the Garth and, and, and have Chestnut come up there and have Travis come back. And I understand that things evolve and, tr and country music is going to do what country music does. And, and like Brent says, well, er, well, don't you think that this guy would have been? No, it was Andy Griggs goes, well, you know that Hank Williams would have been upset when the, when the new guys got famous. And I'm I'm like, but he still would have been relevant. 
He still right. would have been relevant. It's yeah, yeah. that's country to me. So that's like my dream, man. And I could talk about that until I'm blue in the face. And somebody like Scott Bruschetta would be like, dude, I'm worth multi like millions and millions of dollars off of doing things the way that I saw fit. And that's fine. That's mm. cool. The right. whole history of big machine and groups like that. I respect the business efforts of it. I just don't respect somebody trying to go, we got enough money to invest in these white rappers and we're going to call them Florida Georgia line and we're going to do this with them. And I'm just like, I saw I saw movies about this. I've seen movies where they dress people up and make them rappers like, and they're not really rappers, you know? I've right. seen this. I've seen this happen in movies and it's like a movie taking place in front of my eyes. Not to say that I wouldn't sit in a room with those guys and drink a beer and be buddies with them, but I right. would tell them, you guys aren't country music, man. I'm sorry right. to say. So anyway, yeah. I, I'll, get off, I'll get off my little mini soapbox. Hey, and no, man, all good. First things first, uh, Garth, if you are watching or listening, uh, let's make that tour happen for sure. <laughs> uh, but this you know, man, Hey, you know, Charlie Daniels does a really good job of that. And and from my understanding, has kind of always been that way to to bring the younger dudes up and, and give them an, an opportunity to play in front of some people, to be seen and be heard. And 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 I kind of said last year we, we did over 100 shows and and we had some great opportunities. We, we toured with the Cadillac three and went out with Blackstone Cherry. Uh, who oh, I more love of them. the I love rock and them. roll side, K you know, Kentucky, yeah. right? Kentucky, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely, dude. I'd, I'd I'd pay to see you and them on the stage any night. Those guys rip, <laughs> man. It was great, man. It was us, uh, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, and Blackstone Cherry. Um, and if you don't know who Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown are, you love should them. Out. Absolutely love every album. I, I, I literally bought them all on the same day and, 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 and started supporting them and love their shit, dude. Oh uh, yeah. If yeah, anybody's listening to this, get their, their albums. He rocks. He's a monster guitar player. And so oh, that was dude. a great, that was a great little run. You know, um, we went out with a group called vintage trouble and was able to go overseas and, and do some stuff last year. And, and man, it just, you know, I, I was fortunate that we, we got the opportunities that we got. And I think it was just a matter of being in front of the people that it started to grow. Once we, we had the people there, it's really hard nowadays in 2020 to, to be a, be an instant success an overnight success or, or to see it just skyrocket. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're touring or, you know, your song, your songs are great. Your recordings are great. This, that, and, and, the and nor song. do you want it. And nor do you want it to be overnight? No, of course not. Of course not. And, and I think that, the people that are just now kind of like discovering what what is happening with me, thinking that like maybe I just started doing this two years ago. It's like, man, no, <laughs> it's for like eighteen years. Uh, so it's it's which makes it which makes the taste that much sweeter when it finally does pop. But it's gonna go because you have way too much talent. Like when I was coming up, and I was and I was reading hit parader and circus magazine like, oh, like yeah. they were my bibles like i would i was my first concert ever was was d snyder and twisted sister open for bruce diggerson and iron maid my dad made me leave right after eddie that came out and they started worshiping the devil and 666 and the number of the beast came on i'm like oh god dad and dad said we're out of here but yeah but he let me stick through ts if i would have saw blackstone cherry in those magazines and got onto him i would have been like that's the golden age of rock like that is rock and roll right there now today what happened? I don't know, but you don't hear about a Blackstone Cherry as much as you heard about Rat and, and MTV had a big part to do with it and, and, and Friday night videos and all of that. It was a great time to be a rocker. There was, it was, oh, yeah. but now you hear a band like Blackstone Cherry and you're just like, 
Am I am I out of the mainstream to not I, know who they are, or are they just not being? Are they just not out there like they should because they got mad skills, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're great, man. They're great, Chris. But is it, it, but is it true that they're not out there like a big band was in the heyday of rock and roll? Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, and you said, uh, you know, you were talking about that early '90s, that world, man. I'm just sitting here talking about country music. We'll take a completely different turn with like early '90s alt rock. I grew up loving Green Day and Weezer and awesome. Marilyn Manson and Corn and that whole that whole thing. And and it was a different game back then. You had so many rock and roll bands that were on the up and up that stayed on the up and up. Do you think about bands like red hot chili peppers um, and the spin doctors and, and blues traveler, even going into uh, more counting crows, counting crows, all of those dudes, they have huge lengthy evergreen careers because that was just a different time of music. You think about the same thing with country music. You think about Clint black, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, those three alone, Reba McIntyre, you know, Lori Morgan, all these different people, you know, they have long, lengthy, Tracy Lawrence, all these long, lengthy careers based on when they were able to be accessed by the masses. And nowadays it's so tough to keep somebody's attention for 35 seconds that you've got to really sell it in the first 35 seconds of who you are and what you're doing and how you sound and what it is. And if you don't hook them, man, it's tough to get people's attention nowadays because and there's so many other things. Yeah, and hopefully like with our platform to where we have a, gen a generated, uh, engaged audience, right? Like they watch what we do. They see us on TV. They hear us on a podcast. They might see us on social. So if, if Kyle Daniel can hook me in that 30 seconds that he got with me, and then I can take it and say, okay, to all of our TV off uh, audience and to all of our podcast audience and to everybody that follows us on social, now our live events that you mix in. And now we get a corporate company. Let's just say it's Traeger. Traeger's throwing a big hoe down, right? Hey, Tyler, this Chad, what's up, dude? Hey, I got this guy, Kyle. I want to, I want to get his music out here in Utah, Nevada. Let's bring him out. All right. Get me get a cost let's bring him in his band i do it all the time right so now i i want to hit on all these cylinders of saying if they got me hooked and i can get them in front of all these people well maybe just maybe we can get that rise going on like the hat pack did you know like with the with the clint blacks and the chestnuts and and that then and, and joe diffie god i can't believe he's gone but that whole time frame like sticks to me like where did this go oh what where did it go? It's right here. There's Kyle and there's Brent and there's Channing and there's all these badasses that are right here ready for us to hear them. And all we got to do is listen and, and, and have them easily, you know, accessible to us. And that's my goal is like, if we can get the right musician on here to do it, if John party came on here and I could say, John, just do this one time. Let's just bring Kyle because Garth Brooks just brought you on stage. Garth Brooks just brought John party in Knoxville. You know what that meant to John's career? That's awesome. Right. Uh, that, yeah. And John used to play in my booth at NWTF when he had, I can't, you know, always picking up what I can't put down. And I'm like, dude, this guy's freaking good. Little Dixon, California. California pheasant hunter likes to hunt deer. His friends with Leith Lofton, they ride together. And now he's getting some success. And yeah. now it's his turn to be like, you know what? I'm going to use my voice to be like, there's some badass some bitches that I came up with. I want to introduce you to Kyle and Brent. Here we go. And that's well, that's that's just a cool that's a cool thing that I see happening that I that I want to happen. If it's if we have a little part to play in it of somebody here in Brent Cobb and telling me like those guys did today. If I if I told you all the all the stuff, if I showed you messages on my phone right now that that um, 
come to me and I'm talking hundreds of weeks, hundreds per week. And I'm sure you get them too. And just let me find it. Give me a second. This one just came through and I took a snapshot of it. I wanted to share it with you. Just, I got so many videos downloaded from my guys today that it's hard for me to find anything. So bear with me. I apologize. <laughs> well, and bless okay, you, listen, man, what, can you read in that guy, you know, that, 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 that like, you know, it takes folks like yourself to, to really kind of create that, that environment. And so thank you for, for being that guy. Well, man, I, and I, and I want to be there with you to do it. I don't want anything out of it. I just love the freaking lyric in the, in the music and the talent. Read that message right there. I don't know if you can see that through the camera. Is that, is that legible? Uh, your show was the first time I'd ever heard of Drake white. And then below it, we were down just a little bit. Been listening to him now over. I've been, something been listening to him ever since there you go so and i and i and I, I can i can just keep showing them to you of leith and how do i get that song wingman and, and and where can i see this guy in concert and 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 where you know and it's like do people are paying attention to the songs that they hear on our shows so why can't we do work a little harder to help Kyle, not that you asked for it. I want to make sure everybody knows that Kyle didn't come to me and say, hey, I'll pay you big money to be on your podcast, your TV show. No, <laughs> this is me going to Kyle and saying, dude, you're a badass. Let's work and get this. People deserve to hear this music. It's quite the opposite of you wanting it, not that you won't take it. I'm just simply saying that you didn't come to me or your PR firm or your management and say, hey, we want to get Kyle on the show. Okay, this one right here. You see that? How long it is? Oh, yeah. I just finished watching Drake White's live concert stream, and I must say thank you for bringing artists like him and Leith Lofton to all of us that share the way our thinking in life is. Between that, your show and your podcast, and now the cookbook coming soon, you're making the hunting community and the world a better place for all of us. So... I'm not saying that in rah-rah. I'm simply saying that what if we can? What if we can, Kyle, just be like, dude, this is our radio station, man. This is us. This is what we want out there. And and not that we, that FLG and those guys can't go make a living. Everybody can make a living, right? It's America. But dude, let's, let's get this music out there and just have a small part in it. And that could be Garth's small part, man. Garth has paid the dues. He's, he's a trailblazer. He's the most successful country music artist of all time. In my opinion, he's outsold the Beatles. He's outsold Michael Jackson. He's, I don't know if he's as worth as much money as Toby Keith or Jay Z, but it doesn't matter because he's destroyed every record known to man. And he can just be like, dude, when I hear Chris Knight and Kyle Daniel on stage the other night, I went back to my roots of Oklahoma, coming up in the honky tonks in the bars, and I want to introduce Kyle Daniel to you. Kyle, sing him a song. And then he comes on and does it with you. God dang, man. Come on. <laughs> the music just has to happen. That's yeah. all I'm saying, dude. Right. That's no, all I'm I saying. Zach, yeah, Br Zach Brown's another great guy at this. I remember three, four years ago, I'd be at, at, a, at a show. You know, Zach hunts with us, and, he, and I get to go to a show here and there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Belden, go out and watch this guy on stage. Well, who is he? Sturgill Simpson. I go, never heard of him. He goes, I'm not kidding you. We're in a boat bass fishing. He goes, this is the best shit I've heard in a minute. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody say in a minute. I guess it's a Southern thing. I, yeah, I'll, yeah. You know, it's not like I'll be there in a minute, meaning 60 right. seconds. He meant like in 10 years, this is the best music I've heard. And he goes, this is what Jamie Johnson would have been commercially. This is Sturgill Simpson. And he plays it. And I'm like, and this was like the King of Shit Mountain song, you know, that whole song, oh, that, yeah. whole, that whole vibe. A little bit of Sturgill's new stuff. I'm a little bit not sold on it yet, but I still love him. Um, but then I went and watched him live. 
And I'm like, Zach is doing this for people. Then he had Drake White open up. Zach is very gracious in that. He's got a big fan base and he can and he brings these artists out to support music. And I just I just have this vision of that happening with with Garth of being like, here is Brent and Kyle and Channing, and just like this, just one time you get to sing. I don't know, man. It hey, might man. be far fetched, but if Garth, you're listening, which I know you and Trisha are listening to this podcast, just <laughs> <laughs> you just know it. I, I just, do too. Garth, I just, I just brother, know that I'm, he is. I'm here. I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I love it, dude. Hey, let's. Uh, can we play? Can we hear a song? Can we hear "Ain't No Difference"? Yeah, man. Oh, well, this is what. Oh, I love this. Yeah, let's do that. There ain't no difference between a man who has it all The poor boy with the dream Free will is free for all The gold getting guarantee There ain't no distance from here to God knows where When luck is an illusion It's never really there We just got to keep on moving when I was young, man, I sure was wrong. Cause I thought the world's too big to turn out to be so small. And all the people in it weren't the same until I saw there ain't no difference. There ain't no difference at all. Ain't no future dwelling on the past Like an old familiar song It hit me at last So I packed up and left my home There ain't nobody around here who used to know My name or who I was Plenty of roots to watch and grow No real reason just because when I was young, man, I sure was wrong. I thought the world's too big to turn out to be so small. And all the people in it weren't the same until I saw there ain't no difference. There ain't no difference at all. I, I had I had to bring Ben on for a little bit of FaceTime so he could <laughs> so he could soak it up. <laughs> it's just like oh man, that song. Good night. God so dang it, man. I freaking <laughs> I love I love um 
I don't know how you say it. I don't know if it's the grittiness or the truth or it's almost Chris Nightish, man. I'm telling you, it's almost, I don't know if you've ever heard that or been compared to it, but it's got the mm. same effect to me a lot of a lot of his lyric. Like I could see you writing, um, it ain't easy being me. Like it's the same vibe to me, the grittiness, the life story of admitting you were not probably that the best person at 20 at 20 that you are now, um, that, unplugged and not tainted and not manufactured. I don't think Chris Knight probably will ever drive into Nashville city limits ever again. I don't know. I'm just guessing like Chris Knight is Chris Knight, right? That dude's on a right. different level of state, but that's what I get out of it. That same feeling when I first heard my first trailer, trailer tapes of Chris Knight, that's the same feeling that I'm getting when I hear Kyle Daniel and it's just so refreshing. And when Brent Cobb speaks about you, when Ben speaks about you like that, some bitch is the real deal kind of attitude, right? You are. And that's why, man, I'm just glad that it was introduced to me. Cause it's freaking awesome, brother. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. I really think it's awesome. I want to, I got, I got to hear another one. I, ha I want to, I, I got my favorites. All right. If, do you feel like playing? Um, do you feel like playing? Either born to lose, somebody ain't me, or what's there to say? Oh, I don't know which one comes off the best to hear. You you feel it right now? I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you feel any of those? Yeah, let's do what's there to say. That'll be a good one. Seeing I'm sorry feels broken, cold like my heart. Set us all on fire. 
If you walked away, I thought about it a thousand nights. Could you set my soul on fire? Could you set my soul on fire? What's there to say? What's there to say? What's there to say? Brother, I don't even know, man. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> just so deep and just awesome lyric, man. It's got to be put out front. Thank you very much. If I ended it by saying, what would you play to be your last song that you've written? What would you want the people to hear if it was the last time they got to hear, if it's the grand finale or if it's the encore of your last concert of the song you've written so far? at this stage in your life? Do you have one that sticks to you? Um, is it the one with Cobb that you've already done? Or is there one that just makes you really grip onto your career so far? Man, I got a brand new song that I feel like has started to resonate a lot. And, and I know that these, the songs that if I, if I were to play this, all of the songs would have kind of been in the same world in the Americana kind of ballad singer songwriter type of world um, in which what I do live is, is much different live and alive electric, you know, dual guitar harmonies and three part vocal harmonies and big rock and roll endings and stuff like that. Um, but obviously you can't translate that and do an acoustic guitar and, and it's a lot different, uh, to do something like that. But I wrote this song with, um, my right hand man, Seth Renfro, who plays in the band and, um, Adam Wright over there at Carnival Music. Uh, if you guys don't know Adam Wright as a songwriter, he's also somebody to look out for. He's a killer writer. And my parents recently sold the house that I grew up in. And they moved out. Dad bought a bunch of land out in the country. And they uh, they built a house out there. And didn't think anything of it when he just kind of did away with the uh, with the home phone line. But I got to thinking about it one night when we were on tour, headed back home, about how I'll never be able to call that seven-digit number ever again and hear my sweet mama pick up the phone and be like, yeah, honey, what do you need? What can I do to help you? You know, or calling home when I needed money or, or, or what have you, you know, that, or even just to call and listen to the answer machine because my mom always, you know, was the one that was, was doing that. But uh, I don't think my dad knew what, kind of impact that it made on uh, my life. And I think this is going to go on our next record. So uh, this song's called Landline. Oh, God, I already love it. Hey, 775-972-7070. I still remember mine like it was yesterday, calling home with my mom and dad. Never yeah. get the call again, brother. I already love this concept. But roll with <laughs> it. This is awesome. <laughs> Don't 
Took a coat around my Levi's Put it in a gold pay phone Called my mama missing home She always used to tell me Didn't matter what time it was Whenever I called she'd pick up Cause I still feel those numbers Under my fingertips And I still hear that voice on the other side But home never used to be that hard to find Oh, in that first year in college, way down in Tennessee, I didn't have much, but she gave it all to me. Never been that far from home And I thought I'd be alright Those seven digits got me through some nights Cause I still feel those numbers Under my fingertips And I still hear that voice on the other side Home never used to be that hard to find Laying line Oh, now I'm all grown To the man she helped me be And I realize just what she meant to me I call every now and then And I just let it rain So I could hear her voice on that machine Still feel those numbers under my fingertips, and I still hear that voice on the other side. Home never used to be that hard to find. Laying Freaking should be monster, dude. <laughs> in an age of Siri, in an age of the way that we home can never be so hard to find. Feeling the numbers, the 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 realities of life, the 
the substance of life, the substance of our being, right? Like living life the way life was intended. And I'm not anybody to tell anybody how to live a life, but simple things and my gratitude towards people like you bringing it back and my thankfulness of growing up in a time where I got to fill those numbers and to know that not that song just made me miss it. And the, the sound, the distinct feel of the push buttons or the rotary, the way that it would feel on the side of your fingers. And then the anticipation of the ring and then who was going to run to it to answer it. There was no caller ID. So it was always a surprise. And all of those emotions going through my body and my mom and dad, in the house and the brothers and the way that we were brought up. It's more than just a phone number. It's more than just a, 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 a communication line. It is a landline to keep us grounded, to keep us rooted, to fucking never let us forget of who we are and where we come from. And that is what a song is supposed to do, brother. That was freaking awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, you nailed it, brother. I mean, I always kind of felt like, uh, when, when that left, I, I, I told my dad, I was like, you know, I think you, you cut the cord on the lifeline to the heart of the family. As, as weird as that sounds like that it's was true though, that was something that, uh, that you always knew that somebody was going to pick it up or that answer machine was going to pick it up. One or the other man, Kyle, let's do this again. So we can hear some more songs. Everybody, Kyle, Daniel, D a N I E L. I'm talking legitimate, the real deal. He comes from the right school of mind. And when it comes to the lyric and putting the song first, putting life first, let's support these musicians. They're not asking for it. They're just pouring their heart and soul into their lyric and their chord progressions and their song and their live shows. Go support them, get their merch, support them in times right now to where they can't tour. Let's make these guys our friends. They want to be our friends. They are not arrogant. They are real human beings that have a good voice and a good message for you, your sons, your daughters, your aunts, your uncles, your girlfriends, your wives. I don't care who it is. Kyle Daniel is the real deal. And he, like I said, man, I'm a fan. Thank you so much for being here, brother. I can't wait to do this again. I can't wait to see you live and thank you so much for having me today brother i really appreciate it let's do it again it won't be the last i promise kyle daniel everybody on instagram go ahead kyle kyle daniel music at kyle daniel music and a and a website kyle daniel music.com kyle daniel music again no s on daniel check him out we're going to be rocking him on everything that we do. We can't wait to see y'all at a live show. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. I'm your host, Chad Belding. Again, keep supporting the partners and sponsors that support us. We do not take any of this for granted. We're humbled to get to bring these messages to you. Thank you all so much for the support. It's very kind of all of you. Today's episode, again, was brought to you by Whiskey Jam, Music City, USA, Nashville, Midtown. Thank them. When you see them, go check out a show. When you're in Nashville, I know you all are going to head there. It's Music City, USA. Tom, hit that button. You know what? I'm going to do something different today. We always go out with Leith Lofton. What's she going to do when the money's all gone? What song can we go out with? What, can, what do you want me to put on the end of this? Which track can I run, Kyle? Hey, man, Born to Lose, Hangover Town, whatever you want. You, okay. you name it. It's your choice. This is Kyle Daniel, Hangover Town. I'm glad he said that one. We're going out with Kyle Daniel, Hangover Town. Thank you all so much. Check out Kyle Daniel Music on Instagram, kylemdanielmusic.com. Thank you guys so much. Hangover.